Hola, welcome to Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita, the only Spanglish anti-diet podcast that teaches you from a sociological lens, feminism, and intuitive eating coaching to dismantle diet culture. I'm your host, Dr. Hortense Jimenez, and I am passionate about dismantling diet culture and helping you heal your relationship with food and your body. I'm a mother, daughter, comadre, amiga, community member, professor, health coach, and published author. On this show, I share my personal experience with diet culture, tips and strategies, and educational content to help you understand diet culture and systems of oppression so that you can have the tools to challenge diet culture. Current and future generations do not deserve to inherit your diet culture trauma, and I'm here to help you. If you're on a mission to hear your body and food traumas and embody your authentic self unapologetic, welcome to Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita. Bienvenidos a Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita. This is your host, Dr. Hortensia Jimenez. Bienvenidos. El día de hoy vamos a seguir hablando acerca de la alimentación intuitiva. We're going to continue our conversation about intuitive eating. And today I will be talking about um, principle number three, which is making peace with food. This sounds um, easy, but it's very difficult if you have been a chronic dieter, if you've done diets in the past, if you had or currently have an eating disorder, or if you just have a fucked up relationship with food. I honestly, there's no other way to say like, you know, having just like any relationship, uh, food is uh, relational, right? And um, our childhood experiences and societal influences really shape our relationship with food. And some of us, some of you may have a very toxic relationship. And as you're listening to this podcast, I hope that you find value in the information that I'm sharing as well as to allow yourself to have a lot of feelings that may arise. Um, And like I always say, be compassionate with yourself. I know I sound like a broken record, but if I don't remind you, who else will remind you, right? Self-compassion is so, so important, okay? We are our worst critics. We do a lot of self-sabotaging and I'm really inviting you to be very compassionate in your undieting journey, in your healing journey with body image and food. Remember that it's a life journey. I will continue to say that over and over again. Nuestra relación con la alimentación, nuestra imagen corporal no se soluciona, o sea, de un día para otro. Toma tiempo, puede tomar años, puede tomar décadas. Eh, puedes estar en una mejor etapa de tu vida ahorita con la relación con la alimentación o con tu cuerpo y puede haber una experiencia, algo que te hizo trigger y, y te afecta, ¿no? Pero quiero que por favor entiendas, ¿no? Que sanar la relación con la alimentación y nuestra imagen corporal es un proceso, así como duramos tantos años haciendo dietas o eh, no queriendo nuestros cuerpos, pues va a tomar tiempo. Yo siempre te voy a decir la verdad, no es fácil, pero yo estoy aquí para apoyarte porque me apasiona el trabajo que hago, porque soy socióloga, soy madre, soy ser humano y miro cómo eh, la relación que tenemos con la alimentación y nuestro cuerpo causa problemas sociales. 
uh, what I'm just translating in English is that, you know, healing is a lifelong journey, like I said, with our food and body image that just, you know, it it's not like it's going to end or with the magic wand, we're going to have the solution. I am always going to keep it real, right? And be super honest with you that this is fucking hard work. And I'm very passionate because diet culture leads to social issues in our society, such as eating disorders. I care so much about you, uh, listener. I care about future generations. I care about the children or youth, um, the young girls who are starting to hate their bodies. Like they're being conditioned by society that they're not good enough, you know, and you have the power to disrupt this. You have the power to change the narrative, to heal, heal for you, for your community, for our society. Okay. That is my invitation. So let's go ahead and get started. Remember that um, I'm discussing the principles of intuitive eating bi-weekly, giving you a little bit of background, as well as offering my uh, criticisms uh, or areas that I think we need to also pay attention, okay? So principle number three, making peace with food. Um, at the core of this um, principle is moving away from placing food like in a moral hierarchy giving it a moral value of you know good versus bad food good food bad food um and also like detaching the the emotions with food uh it's also moving away from the ideas that we have about food and a lot of the ideas that we have about food as you know come directly from our family members our family and then of course externally it also comes from institutions right the education system the government plays a big role and believe it or not religion also plays a big role so both family right and also external influences shape how we view food, what we eat, how much we eat, and so forth. Okay, so again, we really want to disrupt white supremacy and say that um, dismantling diet culture, it, yes, it begins with you, but it's we also need to hold accountable our institutions. We need to hold accountable um, the different players in our society that have contributed to diet culture, that have contributed to you having a fucked up relationship with food and uh, with your body, okay? Um, I want to tell you that maybe you're not in this place of making peace with food because it's fucking scary. I'm asking you to begin to trust yourself, to begin to trust these foods, to move away from labeling food. Like this shit is not easy, right? Especially if you've been conditioned all your life, if you're in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, like I'm asking you to unlearn, unlearn things that you've been carrying with you for decades, perhaps. So I wanna honor, right, that perhaps ultimately at this point, you're not there yet, and that is okay. Um, but I hope that you stay so you can continue to listen and know that I'm here holding space for you, okay? Because to make peace with food requires one and foremost, are you willing to embark in this journey, right? This undieting journey. Are you willing to let go of the perks of diet culture, right? We talked about that in previous episodes. There's a social currency and people hold on to diet culture. Are you willing to let go of that? 
Are you willing to unlearn what you know about food? I know it's scary. You know why? Because we lack support. That's why community is so important. We come from community first and foremost. You need to create community. Follow me on social media. Follow other accounts where you don't feel alone because you can't do this alone. You can have all the merit and you can put all the energy and effort, pero no necesitas el apoyo de amistades, de otros familiares, de tu comunidad. You need to be proactive, okay? So making peace with food is an individual endeavor, but it requires a community of support. It requires other people to continue to support you and hold you in this journey. So are you ready to do this? And if so, welcome. <laughs> and if you're not, I'm still here for you, okay? Uh, the next point I wanna make is as soon as we begin to deprive ourselves from something that we enjoy, guess what happens? We crave it more. There's theories, there's a dietary restraint theory. Uh, and what this theory describes is that when you uh, begin to restrict a, a macronutrient or some food group, uh, food group, you're going to end up being obsessed with it. You're going to want it more. Uh, and you know what? I mean, you know, I've done diets in the past, of course. You know, that's why I'm so passionate about dismantling diet culture. Um, <laughs> And it happens so, so with a lot of my clients too, is uh, when they know they're gonna start a new diet, right? They're like, oh, okay, this is my last day. So I'm gonna eat all the stuff that I won't be able to eat once I start that diet, right? Because they already know that they're going to be restricting and that they're going to be craving those foods. So again, restricting food it doesn't work because you end up craving and you know what's going to happen you're going to end up eating that food perhaps you're going to do it um away from other people so they don't see you you're going to end up binging and you're going to go through this diet cycle of feeling guilt and shame and starting the whole process again and feeling like a failure right that's the whole diet uh culture uh, cycle that is meant for you to fail right and keep you in this toxic cycle it is a fairly bad relationship to make peace with food, one requires uh, your willingness to unlearn. Are you willing to go back to those past experiences to begin to identify who, who, like the who, what, where, and how, right? But it's true. Like who, what messages did you receive growing up about food? What did your family members tell you? What did you know society say? Maybe they didn't say things, but their actions, you know, their actions said everything about food, right? So identify where do your ideas about food come from? Who are those uh, individuals in your life? Identify them, name them. That is so powerful when we, one, uh, acknowledge, like, it's true, you know, who caused the harm in our relationship with food? And please be compassionate with yourself, compassionate with the family members, because oftentimes they didn't know better, right? But just because they didn't know better doesn't mean that we can't hold them accountable, right? So identify, identify the individuals, identify those messages. What did they tell you? What was the message that they were sending you? How did that make you feel? What did you do? How did that affect your relationship with food, right? So 
again, identifying the individuals, identifying the messages. And then the next step is unlearning them. And you know, this is a hard part. And I tell you by experience, right? And also as a sociologist and as a health coach, the unlearning part is, is fucking hard. It's like re rewiring our brain, right? That's why it's so important to surround yourself with community. Surround yourself with people who are speaking this language about um, not moralizing food, not placing food in a uh, moral hierarchy, because this is all you hear on social media. This is what you hear on the media. This is what you hear in the fitness industry. This is where you hear from family. Like you're bombarded all the time. And I'm here to tell you, unlearn that, rewire your brain. And I know that's that is so challenging because we lack that support. You know, I like it. Here I am with this podcast. And believe me, I like that support in my own family. What really sustains me is surrounding myself by social media accounts, right? So that I can continue my work because it is a lonely process and journey. So begin doing that of unlearning, right? And holding space for the feelings that may come up. I you know, I really tap into my indigeneity. I like to sit in my altar, burn some sage, uh, gopal, um, you know, whatever it is for you. Is it being in touch with nature, with Mother Earth? Like, how can you begin to unlearn this while holding space for all the emotions that may arise? That is part of healing. And this is not easy work. That's why a lot of people don't want to do it, right? Because it can trigger past experiences, food traumas, violent food, food traumas. So making peace with food, this is part of the criticism, right? Making peace with food is very difficult if you experience violence growing up. If like how I have clients, right? Um, with um, who have, they, I actually make them realize, you know, you actually have a kind of unhealthy relationship with Chile, for example, why? because they, they don't savor the food, they add so much chili. And I come from a place of curiosity and I ask, okay, where does this come from? Oh, it's because my family, you know, uh, I was raised like I had to eat all my food and it didn't matter if it was spicy. And to top things off, like the corporal punishment was putting the chili in the child's mouth. Come on, like a three, four year old. That's what our, you know, that's what some of our families have done, forced food, forced a chile in a child's mouth. I mean, that's traumatic, right? And I'm here asking you, make peace with a chile, make peace with food. <laughs> so it's also honoring, right? Coming, uh, if you're a practitioner, if you're a health professional, this, the nuances are so important. And I think this is what's missing in the intuitive eating space, right? Is how does this apply to BIPOC communities? How does this apply to my Latinx community, right? Where we experience a lot of corporal punishment um, for not eating our foods and then we're forced to eat them and we develop uh, a unhealthy relationship, right? Uh, so adverse childhood experiences, play a big role in healing our relationship with food. So making peace with food is also going back and healing your inner child, your inner niña, your inner niño, your inner, your inner child, holding that space for that child who didn't have the power to say no or stand up for, for themselves, right? So um, I just want to kind of say that because it's, 
it's not easy, right? And it would be very um, insensitive of me, right? The cultural sensitivity is so important when we're making peace with food for ourselves, when you're working with other people as well, okay? Um, another thing that I wanna mention here is, as you're unlearning and identifying, I also want you to do a, like a journal, if you like journaling, um, like an inventory, do an inventory of the forbidden foods that um, you grew up, right, restricting or weren't able to eat one because your family, you know, literally they I've known cases where families put a lock on the fridge or a lock on the pantry or the kitchen closes at a certain hour, you know, like, you know, some, some families, that's how they work and they prohibit their children from having access to the fridge, the pantry, if they have one, right, or eating at certain times. So I want you to do an inventory of the foods that um, you grew up uh, restricting that your parents didn't allow you or only gave you a little bit of um, of that food. Okay. Uh, and here it just brainstorm, you know, whatever comes out naturally, I don't want you to put it in categories, because I think sometimes that can take away from that free writing, um, just that organic process. Okay, so do the uh, inventory of those foods that you restricted, those foods that were like, um, extreme, like forbidden, like para nada, no podías tener ese alimento en la casa, y si te lo encontraban, ay Dios mío, ya estabas en problemas, tal vez el chocolate que escondías abajo del colchón, abajo de la cama, los dulces, right? So sometimes, you know, as a child, you know, and I am a parent, right, and I'm guilty uh, in the past of not allowing myself, not allowing my kids to enjoy uh, conventional chips uh, or candy. Now it, it's different now that they're older. And I would find candy rubs under my kids' pillows, uh, uh, under the bed, you know, I would find yogurt, cheese sticks, <laughs> all this stuff. So I want you to go back to your childhood. Did you hide certain foods? Did you hide certain foods? And why did you hide those foods? What did your family say? Because you knew if you were hiding that food is porque tú ya sabías. Tú ya sabías que no te podías comer eso, ¿no? Así es de que hacer pases con nuestra alimentación, con la comida, requiere que empecemos a reflexionar acerca de nuestra niñez y qué nos enseñaron nuestros padres, las personas en nuestras vidas acerca de la alimentación, ¿ok? So, unlearning identifying and also doing an, an inventory. What do you think is the next step? All these forbidden uh, or foods that you restricted requires experimenting. It requires being, um, having that openness and flexibility to allow those foods back in your life slowly. And how slow, how fast you go depends on you, not anyone else. You're going to go at your own pace. Sometimes it, and every day is going to be different and it's going to be different weekly too, remember, because we're human beings and we go through a lot every week, you know. So um, allowing these foods to come back in, that means that allowing yourself to buy the food and have it in your pantry, have it in your fridge, having it available. That's how we can begin to make peace with food, buying the freaking food, having it available, looking at it there, right? It, aquí está la comida. Platica con la comida. I know. Talk to your food. 
talk to your inner child. I am, you know, whatever, what do you want to tell your inner child that the food is right there in front of you? What do you want to tell your inner child? And be compassionate in that process. You want to heal your inner child and their relationship with food. And you as an adult want to heal that relationship too. I know that there's a lot of fears associated with this. The fear that, oh my goodness, what if I can't stop eating this food? What if I, um, I will binge? Uh, fear of the gaining weight, right? There's, there's so much fear around these forbidden foods, the foods that you restricted, right? Honor the fears, identify where these fears are coming from. Part of uh, healing a relationship with food is uh, allowing these foods slowly to come into our lives. And I want to use the example of a, of a friend or a family member, someone who, who was toxic, toxic in your life and you set a boundary or you stop talking to this person and it's a decade later or years later and they come to you, they come back in your life. Are you going to allow them to come into your life? Así nomás, pásale adelante, la puerta está abierta. Come in, you know, welcome. Maybe some of you will, but some of you will be like, hey, you know, I'm going to be a little bit cautious. You know, we're going to reestablish a relationship. That's the same thing you're going to do with this food. You're going to establish a relationship with this forbidden food. Te tienes que dar ese permiso, tienes que creer en ti, tener esa confianza en ti mismo, que tú lo puedes lograr. Y lo puedes lograr con apoyo externo, pero tú tienes ese poder en ti. Tú ya lo traes. Acuérdate que eres chingona y chingón. Tú lo puedes. <laughs> and so as you are building this relationship, and how do we do that? How do you build this relationship with that food uh, and make peace? Honor it. Look at the food. So uh, if I can use myself as an example, some of the foods that I've struggled with and that I... I'm, you know, that I wouldn't say I'm, I have fully made peace because I'm still in that journey. You know, I'm always very uh, honest with you. Chips, Doritos, you know, um, ruffles. Like I still struggle with the chips. I have made peace, but I'm not like a hundred percent. I'm definitely like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm much better than what I was years ago. And when I was a teenager, but this is what I've, what I've learned. Uh, as a person who is healing their relationship with food and also as a health coach, right, is honoring that food. Look at the food, like the packaging, like just honor the food, the presence of the food that is there without qualifying it, without placing the moral value. Let's just honor it that it's there. You see it. It's present. It's right there. It's like that relative that I said that comes back to your life. I see you. I know you're here. Let me just contemplate you. Let me just look at you. It's been years. How much you've changed. How much you've changed this relationship with that food, right? Okay, the next step is, it's like using all your senses, right? Making peace with food for me, right? My tip is use all your senses, engage in your senses. If you can, of course, again, being um, sensitive about neurodivergent individuals, if you're unable to use all your senses, right? Whatever you find more appealing, how the food looks, how the food tastes, maybe you're adverse to the, to the smell of the food or even how it tastes. See what uh, senses resonate with you, right? Hold that food. 
and do some food mantras. You know, on my Instagram, I have food mantras like this food is nourishing, you know, whatever it might be, right? What food mantra can you use to allow you to to have that relationship with food and then begin to eat that food slowly, take small bites, honor, be present as you are eating it. How does it taste? Is it crunchy? Is it like, is it sweet? ¿Cómo se siente? ¿Cómo se siente? ¿A qué sabe? ¿Te gusta? ¿Qué pensamientos tienes acerca de esta comida? A lo mejor ya ni te gusta porque ya pasaron tantos años que ya ni te gusta y, y tú pensabas que todavía le tenías afecto a esta comida y ya no lo tienes. You may realize that perhaps you don't even have, you don't have that craving, that you actually don't like the food anymore, you know, or taste but, or taste but changes. So at one point, maybe you like that food, maybe you don't anymore, or maybe it's not in your priority list of foods that you like. And you know what? The only way you will find out is by trying, by allowing yourself to try these foods. So important to develop habituation, right? Systematic habituation. What that means is uh, make it a daily practice. And it doesn't have to be the same food, but the daily practice of adding uh, those fear foods back into your life. This journey of allowing these foods back into your diet, right? Sprinkle them up throughout the day, right? Depending on, you know, what time you eat, you know, like just allow yourself move away from the food rules of when when to eat like listen to your body you know uh and if you're unable to listen to your body if you're you know again like setting that um you know training your body to eat on a regular basis so training your body to eat on a regular basis is also training your body you know with this habituation this exposure exposing the food I know that it's kind of contradictory, right, to what diet culture says in our society. It's like, oh, especially diets, oh, you shouldn't buy it. Like, um, I don't know, como se dice ese dicho? There's this saying, right, out of sight, I don't, out of sight, out of whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But um, like, if you don't have it on site, then you're not going to crave it. That's not true. <laughs> you didn't buy those cookies or you didn't buy that forbidden food, but you're, you're at home and you're craving it, right? And then maybe later you're going to go buy and then you're going to binge. So buy the food and slowly, right? It's, it's called exposure, uh, exposure therapy. And again, a health coach, dietitian or nutritionist whose philosophy is uh, on dieting can guide you, can work with you in this process. If you want to work with me on this, I'm here. <laughs> this is the stuff that I love doing. So uh, systematic habituation is so important. Uh, last couple of remarks that I want to make note uh, for making peace with food is the following. Making peace with food for BIPOC folks is difficult when we look at um, systematic uh, discrimination, right? When we look at racism in our country, when we're looking at um, homophobia, transphobia, nativism, you know, white supremacy. So, uh, it would be a disservice to say, okay, this is it, we're done. No, making peace with food is also acknowledging that we live in a very racist society, that folks in larger bodies don't have that privilege to sometimes um, make peace with food or eat in public places without being shamed or eating those forbidden foods in a family gathering without being shamed, without family members criticizing. Oh, vas a comer eso con razón, estás gorda. Oh, no, y por eso estás gorda. No, right? 
understanding that there's fat phobia. So making peace with food is difficult when there's all these toxic messages that we're constantly being bombarded and that we hear, right? So um, what is the solution to this? One, dismantle diet culture, right? And systems of oppression. But what you can do at the individual level, right, in your own healing is understanding that there's a lot of external forces that make it very difficult for your healing in terms of your food and body image. You are not a failure if you feel that you're not, you may feel like you're not making progress, right? You may feel, but you are, trust that you're making that progress, just even having the thoughts of thinking differently or doing different things. This is not easy. It is difficult work. Making peace with food is difficult when we live in systems of oppression in our society. And it's important to recognize them, right? Because look, if you experience some form of discrimination out in the world because of your sexuality, because you're undocumented, because you're indigenous, because you're a person in a bigger body, and then you come home and I'm telling you make peace with food, that's fucking hard, right? It's like there's a disconnect. So we need to honor both. Honor that we live in systems of oppression that make it difficult for BIPOC folks, people in marginalized bodies to make peace with food in their home if they experience like discrimination and fat phobia throughout the day at work, right? So how do they have power and autonomy is deciding on what and how much they're going to eat when they get home or not eat right so there's a lot of nuances there um and i think that that's some of the things that are missing in the intuitive eating space so con esto los dejo i hope that you found this episode helpful please support my work by following this podcast by leaving a review that would mean so much to me uh, hire me. I do one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions, speaking engagements, trainings, workshops. I'm on social media. I truly appreciate you so much. And I am looking forward to seeing you next week. Nos vemos la próxima semana. Adios. Muchas gracias por acompañarme en Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really like it. If you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, you become eligible for a free 30-minute coaching session. That's right. Así como escuchaste. One free session. Once you leave your review, you can screenshot it and email it to me, and I'll send you a link to sign up. If you didn't like it, don't worry. Así está bien. Follow me on social media, on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Hortensia Jimenez.